0: All right, guys, I want you to see this today. I want you to see that your God is for you and not against you. I want to encourage you and embolden you of who your God is and what he is capable of, capable of, and more than capable, what he is actively doing. Because sometimes we get a twisted and we think God is just like sleeping on the job. You know what I'm talking about? Like we don't understand that he is about his business. And I want you to see him in this light tonight that we might be able to draw closer to him, trust in him more, and dare to believe in his goodness and love for us. So let's walk through this. Let's get going. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to start out in Hebrews 4. I'm going to pick up in verse 9, and I'm going to read through 13. And there's some questions I got for you in this, because I think it stirs in us some questions, you know what I'm saying? And I think we need to bring those to light and air them out that we might get some answers to them and have a satisfactory answer to them that we can hold on to something greater than what we currently have. Let's see this. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their examples of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active or living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I hear the question with this. When is he active? It says the word of God is living and active. When? Because if he was so living and active, would I be going through what I'm currently going through or struggling with what I'm currently struggling with? Can you relate to me in this? And do we not have these questions? Like if God were so living and active, why are we dealing with this, um, this world and its shambles and its fire right now? Like what is the deal here and what is the answer? If he's so living and active, why don't I see him active in my life? in these trials that I'm walking through in this hell that I'm having to endure right now, where is he at? Can you relate? It's a fair question because right before it says he's living and active it also says he walked into a Sabbath day rest. So which one is it? Is he resting or is he active? Cause right now in my life, it feels like he's resting in a lot of areas. See what I'm saying? And we come to him like this, and we have expectation of him like this. We don't come expecting him to work because we don't see him at work. We see him on the opposite spectrum, at a rest, seemingly in our lives. And that's how our expectancy comes to him, even in our prayer life with God. We come to him thinking that he is just ah, chilling or something. But we need to correct our thinking, because the truth of the matter is, God is active always even when we don't see it even when we don't feel it get out your feelings it ain't about what you feel or see it's about the truth that your dad is good and he is always looking after his children we'll get to that here in a second but let's let's just walk through this answer because i'm charging you tonight that your god is living and active always and forever he knows what you're going through he knows the trials you're enduring he knows what you are facing the situation the details thereof and he at work in the midst of it even when you can't see. So let's walk through this. If you have your Bibles, um, flip with me to Genesis 2. And we'll deal with this Sabbath day rest that God came into and calls us into as well. And we will see where it comes from and where it's going. Ooh, this is going to get good. Genesis 2. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. Super simple. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. Now we just, this is the story of creation. We coming in on the tail end of it. So six days, God created everything, right? And it says, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. Boom, six days, done. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work he of creating that he had done. Like on the seventh day, he rested. And we just read previously that he wants us to come into the Sabbath day rest that he came into, right? All right, now I guess I need to differentiate a little bit because this is not the same thing. We thinking God like came into a rest, he's done. There ain't no more work to be had, right? That ain't what he's talking about a bit. When he calls us into a Sabbath day rest, he's calling us to come into a place where we cease from striving to make ourselves righteous. When we cease from striving to earn our way back to God. When we cease from working our way to salvation because it can't be done. He's calling us into a rest by doing what? Accepting the grace, the gift of grace that he gives through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. It is a gift. He says, stop your working for it. You can't have it that way. You can only receive it. It's a gift through faith. So no man can boast. That's the rest he's talking about coming into. And when you come into that rest, baby, you don't stop working. You're just about to get started with it because now you understand the love that you were given and you want to reciprocate it and give it back to God by doing what? The good works he had planned before the beginning of time for you to do. Now the rest that Jesus taught or that this word is talking about that God came into what do you think he did afterwards? Who? What do you think he did afterwards? He worked six days, took a day off, called it a Sabbath. What do you think he did on the first day of the week, the next day? One through six, he worked seven, took a rest. I'm talking eight. The eighth day, he back to work at it. He ain't resting no more. He took one day off and said it is good. He enjoyed what he had created, and then he got back to business. So he is not resting in your life. He is always at work. He is always living. He is always active. Your dad never sleeps nor slumbers. He knows what you need when you need it. He knows what you're going through, and he is always at work. He didn't take the weekend off and say, I'm done. I'm in retirement mode. He ain't doing that. He's back at it on the grind for your life, for your purpose. Don't you understand? It ain't about just um, your world. He's got a kingdom that he is pressing forward and using you to do that. So it's about his kingdom using your world to advance it and working good out for both. Of course he's at work because he's got sons and daughters who are lost in darkness and he wants to bring a light to them. Of course he stays busy. Of course his hands stay on the grind. Of course he puts one foot in front of the other, day after day, month after month, year after year, millennia after millennia. Why? Because there's still men and women across this globe who have not heard the name of Jesus, who have not had the opportunity to believe in their hearts and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and find redemption and salvation and forgiveness and love and joy and peace. There are sons and daughters who are left and changed by this enemy of ours and he has come to rescue them. Of course he's at work. And he ain't sleeping on no daggone job. He's coming to get what's his and you meant to be his. Don't tell me he ain't in your details. Just because you can't see him don't mean he ain't at work. I promise you he's there. I'll show you here in a second. Even his son clarifies this for us. Flip with me to John 5. Jesus, letters in red, we talk in here. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, you know, that day of rest, and we hold it like you can't do nothing. Jesus is like, no, no, no. The Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. I said, my father is always at work to this very day. And I'm saying to this very day. We may be 2,000 years removed from this, but God ain't taking another Sabbath off. He's still at work to this very day. And so's his son. He can only do what he sees the father doing. His, Jesus is not resting and chilling. He's Engaged in the lives of his saints, of those that he is calling out, of those he is cultivating up. He is engaged and active, living and active, and sharper than any double edged sword. He is always busy, not just in busyness, in his business. And you, ladies and gentlemen, are his business. Mm. I love it. We got to raise our expectations of our God. He ain't at rest. He ain't sleeping on the job. He knows what we're going through and we can trust him as such. As what? As a good, good father who looks after his own. And not of some reject of a father who abandons his children. That ain't his heart. His heart's to take care of his own. His heart is to bring them into a relationship where they know and understand what love is. So baby girl, I want to encourage you. What you're dealing with, what you've had to walk through, he's right there with you. He sticks closer than a brother. He knows exactly the situation you're in, the trials that you are facing, and he knows how to get you past them. I need you to hold on to him. I need you to raise those eyes. I need you to raise those expectations and to lean in on him just a little bit more. Even when you don't feel him, you need to believe that he is there. Big man, same for you. He knows what you've had to put up with. He knows the hardships you've had to endure. But I promise you, he is there beside you. He has not left you. You are engraved on the palm of his hand, and those hands are at work in your life in those details, that you might have victory because he has borne you to be more than a conqueror. And you do that by following his son. And his son is at work fighting for you. And if he's fighting by your side, you can dare stand in his presence, in his truth, that he is going to war for you. Don't you let what this, you're walking through right now take you down. Lower your expectations, to your God. Don't you do it. Don't you believe the lie that he has forgotten about you, that he must be remembering everything else and everyone else besides you. Don't you do it. Your God knows you personally and intimately, and he wants to, you to know him in the same way. Raise those expectations because your God is large and in charge, and he is active in your life. Now, let me show you something. Let me show you something, because this God of ours, he's leading with purpose, And determination in your life even when you can't see it and I think that's the the part that we get hung up on the most that we can't see dad at work we just can't we we think if he was really at work we would see his hand in our life but I'm telling you children never see what the fathers have to do to put food on the table they never see what the dad does um, when he goes to town and has them on their minds and hearts that they bring home what they need they never see what dad has to toil and sweat for that they might have a life. Kids just can't. That's grown up stuff. And we thinking we grown up for God. Listen to me, God's ways are not our ways. He is so much further beyond us. He's a father, we a son. We children, we don't even know how, what it takes for our life to be where it's at or for where he's about to take us to, what he's prepping us for. Children never do, but dads know. I mean, just think about it, you fathers. Shoot, you mothers. Your kids have no idea the struggle you've got to go through every day to provide for them. They can't. They don't even know how this stuff works yet. And yet, even without them seeing it, your hands never stop toiling for them. You always acted for them. Always. They're always before you. You sacrifice for them. You give up things you want that you might get what they need. That's what a parent does. Where do you think that heart comes from? From a God who has a heart of a father and does the same for us. Even when we can't understand it or see it, he's always at work for what? The good of those who love him. I got ahead of myself. Watch this. Watch this. Romans 8. And we know. Like we better know. You gotta know that you know that you know that your father is for you and not against you. You gotta know that he's good. You gotta know that he loves you. You gotta know why? Because this world's gonna tell you otherwise. Your situations are gonna whisper different thoughts to you. The devil's gonna come and he's gonna tell you lies. And if he really loved you, you wouldn't be facing this right now. You just tell the devil, get behind you, and you start standing on what you know that your God is good and gracious, that he is almighty and powerful, that he still lives and is active, that he still reigns and is on that throne. You better know. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Let's just stop it right there. He is always working for the good of you and me. Now, here's about the best way I can explain this. I woke up the other night and the house and it had gotten chilly. We got a wood stove at home. We've been supplementing our heat because it's wintertime. And I stoke, stoke the stove up at night. Well, by the time, you know, 3 a.m. rolls around, the woods burned down. And a chills come on the house. And I woke up a little bit cold with it. And I thought, man, I need to go check on my boys. I got three of them. So I go in the room and I check on them. Sure enough, cover's down. So I pull the covers up and I tuck them in, snug them out. They got no idea they sleep in. They don't know that they're up taking care of them. All they know is they comfortable, right? They being wrapped up. They have no idea what dad is doing. But dad does. They don't need to know. Matter of fact, they can't know. Why? Because they out with it. They sleep in. And that's how it is with this life of ours we don't know the extent to what god does we think we don't see him at all and he is like no you sleeping you got sleep in your eyes you can't even see clearly but i'm up and i'm taking care of you i'm wrapping the blankets around you i'm snuggling you in you ought to see what you'd be like if i wasn't up you'd be waking up shivering and stuff with it see what i'm talking about i need to correlate this to what god is doing for us in our lives we these children in bed that has a loving dad that thinks about them when he's active. Now that's just me and I just did it because I woke up chilly and then I thought but we're talking about a God who never slumbers or sleeps He ain't in no Sabbath rest, like uh, I'm going to catch me 40 winks. And if I wake up in time, I'll tuck you in. I'll take care of your problem if I'm up to it, if I can wake up. You know what I'm saying? Like the disciples fell asleep on Jesus. Jesus pounded through to the end, to the victory. And he came back. What you sleeping for? Why couldn't Jesus fall asleep? Because he never slumbers. He never sleeps. He is always at work to accomplish his will. And you are his will. Your heart is what he came to gain. You think he's sleeping on that? It's so precious. What do you think hell and heaven are fighting over you? And he ain't leaving until he has you. And he can't rest until it's done. You are his priority. So what you going through? He going through it right there with you. I need you to see him as good. I need you to raise those eyes, which is where we going next. Ah, I need you to see this. Ah, Psalm 121 is amazing. I need you to get this. Listen, this is David, like (laughs) the one who walks close. This is him, how he knows. And how he knows him, we can know him. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Even when I don't see him, even when I don't understand, even when I got questions and doubts, even when I'm asleep and can't fathom what the father's doing for me my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Why? Because he's always living and active. Like he is always at work. Just like my boys had no idea what that old dad was doing when he was tucking them in. We have no idea what our father in heaven is doing when we are walking through this day. I'm talking right now. I ain't talking about 10 years from now. I'm talking today. You're father in heaven is watching over you more than watching he is active in your life with determination and purpose for what for your good because he works all things out for the good of those he loves and he ain't sleeping on it he ain't slumbering on you he is busy with it now watch the lord watches over you even while you don't understand even when you don't feel him get out your feelings it ain't about feelings it's about knowing the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Both now and for, like every day of your life, you got someone fighting for you, working on your behalf, toiling, blood, sweat, and tears in your life to get you to where you need to be, where he has purposed you. You have a God who has not fallen asleep on the job, who ain't stuck in a Sabbath day rest. Why? Because the first day of the week came again, and he got to work. And you, his business, you're his project, you are his very great reward. And he found you in uh, the dirt of this earth, and he came to rise you up out of that and clean you off. And from then on, he begins to polish this priceless treasure of you. He begins to mature you and grow you and cut some things away that is not allowing you to shine like you're supposed to shine. And yes, the cutting's painful, but it's for a purposed end that you might be a radiant reflection of him, like a diamond. Now watch this. I'm talking about believers in Jesus right here, but I'm talking even those of you that hate him right now, who are enemies of him, who want nothing to do with this Messiah. He's still at work in your life even in your darkness, while you asleep in it, you can't even understand or fathom what he's about to do. But just like in creation, before the first day even started, he's hovering right there in that darkness, right above that deep, that at the right time, at the right moment, when that heart is conditioned just right, he will come in, let there be light, and the revelation of Jesus will hit that heart, and you will come to know a Savior who will die for you, literally. And if that's you today at this message, all you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. And that sun will rise. Ha! That sun will rise up and it will become your all in all. And he will shed light on your whole life. And you will realize what you have missed before. That your father was always at work. So much so that he sent a son to die on your behalf. That you might have life and life to the full. When? Now. Walking into heaven. Not when we get there. This starts today because he's at work. He's living and active, and his word goes before him by his Holy Spirit. So if his Holy Spirit is talking to you now, I'm asking you to answer him. Believe in that heart. Come into that penitent form and allow him to have his way. Repent of those sins. Confess him and invite him into your heart as Lord, Savior, and King. What kind of king? An active king. On the battlefield with us, just like David was for his troops, our God goes with us into war of this world. Dare to raise those expectations. If you need Jesus, call on him. If you have Jesus, thank him, acknowledge him, and understand that he is there with you in the good times but also in the bad times when you feel him close and when you can't feel him at all, when the times are rough and when they're at ease. He is always at work for your good because you love him. Praise him for it. He is an amazing God. We have an amazing Savior, and he has um, sent from a good, good father that he might do his work even when we don't realize it. So as you walk through this life, please know that you have a Father above that is walking beside you, not aimlessly, but purposely and determinedly, because he's got needs of you, passions for you, and such great love that he would give all to gain you and to keep you. I pray you trust in him. I pray you turn to him. I pray you rest in him and let him do the heavy lifting because he is still living and active. All right? Ah, let me bless you in this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus. Ah, thank you so much for watching this video. I truly pray it blessed you. And if it did, subscribe to this channel that you might continue to get the latest revelations from God. That they might encourage and embolden you to walk boldly and faithfully with your Savior. God bless.